Big Fluff. The moment we have all waited for. What is your favorite curse word? There's one in Hebrew. Well, it's actually in Arabic, but you use it in Israel. Kusemek. It means your mother's vagina. <laughs> Hobo Radio, the official podcast of HoboTrashCan.com. You can share your thoughts on the show anytime by emailing Joel at Murphy's Law at HoboTrashCan.com. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, and you're listening to Hobo Radio. So stay tuned. Hello again, I'm Joel Murphy, this is Hobo Radio, and with me, the one, the only, Lars Periwinkle. I'm, uh, I'm sorry. For what, in particular? (laughs) I don't know, in particular, I'm just laying it all out there, I feel like I have a lot of apologies. Sure. I'm sorry. Okay. I'll take I guess it. first of all to you for the last show because I wasn't actually on it. Mm-hmm. I was there physically, but I was I think my brain was cooking in its own juices. Yeah, it was funny because uh the last show I had uh Tony, uh friend of the show, uh on mm-hmm. and I did try to reach out to you to get you on the show. And our biggest disappointment of both he and I were that after we finished talking, we forgot to bring up the fact that you were also offered a part in his movie that you also didn't do. So Oh really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember. I remember yeah. that. We were try I were trying to get a hold we were trying to nail something down and it just never happened yeah. for some reason. Well yeah. that's out now, that movie. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but actually, I uh, if we could take a minute real quick, I know we got a lot to cover, uh, a lot of ground, but, uh, and I know, look, I just want to say this. I know we're not a political show by nature, but uh, this is a very important week, you know, Super Tuesdays this week. And uh, I know a lot of people have been emailing me and uh, reaching out through social media to ask who we are planning to endorse. Obviously, the Hobo Radio endorsement carries a lot of weight. And I, you get, you get that hobo bump. You get the hobo bump, and uh, look, we reviewed all the candidates, reviewed all their policies, and uh, we're Team Tom Steyer. So I really think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so if you're voting on Super Tuesday or or after, Tom Steyer, write it that's down. Our, that's our dude. Yeah, that's he's my great. Dude. He's great. You know what I like I, about him? I just. He, uh, I forget he's in a room, and that's really... <laughs> <laughs> I love an underdog. And when I say yeah. underdog, I mean someone that's so forgettable that it's almost embarrassing when they start talking again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just like... Wouldn't that be nice? Think about it. Close your eyes and imagine four years of forgetting who the president was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember people saying that about Nader when he was running back in the day of just like, he's kind of a dud and I don't know, like he's not even ever been married. He just kind of exists, but he looks like fucking Liberace compared to Steyer. <laughs> Defend yourself, Poindexter. 
Uh, you know, but I did, man, it's like, as we enter, uh, year six of this democratic primary, um, it's hard, man. I feel like, you know, things are very politically charged. I know, uh, politics in America these days is often depressing. And, and in fact, it's, uh, it's tearing families apart. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it's tearing, uh, friendships apart and oh, apparently, yeah. It's tearing apart, uh, you know, thirty-year rap collaborations. Uh-huh. So, so I don't, I don't know if you heard. Yeah, but. yeah. We, I mean, I wish it was only thirty years, <laughs> thirty plus, thirty plus years. Yeah, Jesus. you know what? It's hard. It's the kind of friendship that's existed so long. The only way you could really track it is with a giant, oversized clock. Where do you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. You 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 can just explain it. I'm gonna simmer over here for a minute. I well, I also I want to be careful uh, with that joke. Uh, I hope it was vague enough because apparently, from what I have been reading, I could get sued for. You could get sued. You can't just say his name anywhere. <laughs> uh, no, but apparently, after what is, is it? Thirty-seven. I'm pulling up the article that I was reading earlier now. But is it thirty-seven years? Is the official count of how yeah, long? Yeah, I was. If I was going to guess, if I got this at a trivia question, I would have written down probably 1984. Yeah. For Public Enemy. But yeah, so a, a 37 year collaboration between Flava Flav uh, and, and Chuck D is is apparently, it's done. They're, it's not donezo. Yeah. It's really donezo. Over uh, the silliest of reasons. I can't wrap my head around it. Yeah. So, I mean,. I guess it started, from what I understand, uh, with naturally, um, because a perfect fit of both message and, uh, you know, crowd is that uh, Public Enemy was invited (laughs) to the uh, Bernie Sanders rally in Los Angeles, obviously, you know. You just see all those old white liberals going, oh, neat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so... You know, very excited. Well, it's all it's a combination of like old white liberals and college students who have like maybe if Flava Flav had shown up, they would have been like, is that the Rock of Love guy? You know, the, like the <laughs> flavor of love guy. But uh, otherwise, we're probably like, who is this? Right. Which, by the way, sorry, that leads into one of my favorite thought experiments hmm. uh, of us as we age, um, which is fun to think. Of. Do you ever think about this? And maybe we've talked about this before. Of uh, the fact that like we're not too far away from retirement communities where <laughs> like mm-hmm. that are just gonna be like old people rocking public enemy and like run DMC. Or, you oh know. no, definitely, definitely. Everyone is everyone's going to be able to legally just stay high the whole time <laughs> and play Xbox. That's what a retirement community is gonna be. No longer will you have to entertain these people. Just put them in front of a console. Oh, I say these people like I'm not one of them. <laughs> Great. Grandpa's listening to Cypress Hill again. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Grandpa, if you don't take this medicine, you're going to be insane in the membrane for real. <laughs> this is so lame. Now let's go fire up some K-pop. <laughs> no, it's just very funny to me because I, I still have that image in my head of like, to me, every old person listens to, you know, like Lawrence Welk or something, you know. But even now, yeah. that can't be true. <clears throat> no, it, that can't be true now. And it's always, I don't know what it was with 
previous generations of as you it's like once you reach a certain age threshold and you cross it you you fall in love with the lamest thing from your generation like you were you were the generation of Woodstock and the Beatles and uh Zeppelin and Hendrix and then you turn 65 and you only listen to the Archies yeah <laughs> Uh, it's I think like it's so funny now to just watch all these movies too that are like Wonder Woman 84 and like all this stuff that like you know is using all these like the 80s are big right now which makes sense mm-hmm. for a lot of reasons thematically but uh, mm-hmm. uh it's just funny because I remember growing up in the 80s and seeing the 1950s and the 1960s like oh it would be like what, what is everyone why is TV so fascinated with the the 60s? You just can't yeah. escape it, you know, right. in the 50s, you know. <laughs> Give me a break. Yeah. Jesus. I mean, I can't even imagine what the, f- the 50s feel like. Every time, yeah. every time I see a show where someone's rocking a pair of Jankos, I'm like, yeah, this yeah. is my show. I don't care I, what it's about. <laughs> I'll drop what I'm doing to watch any shit that has like some 90s music and or fashion in it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's really what it is. I see all the 80s stuff and I'm like, oh, this is so embarrassing. But like once Mm -hmm. give us a few more years till we roll around to the 90s and that's big. Oh, yeah, totally. No, I think I think the 90s are winding down. I don't know what the aughts gave us, but I know that I still I'll be watching the show. Oh, is she wearing maroon lipstick? Well, I'm (laughs) definitely watching this show. How do you slow down 90s music for your dramatic trailers? Like, how do you <laughs> can't get any slower or more apathetic? You didn't have much going on, but there was high employment rates and no wars. So yeah. you really were just kind of taking it easy and finding weird ways to be sad. That, that's what the movie Fight Club is about. It's about yeah, how everyone's right. still yeah. sad when there's no reason to be. <laughs> Uh, all right, but I, I do want to like because I, I want to get to some of the uh, Chuck D comments because they were pretty great. Um, so uh, this is I'm just reading from a Rolling Stone article, but uh, Public Enemy and Public Enemy Radio will be moving forward without Flava Flav. The hip hop legend said in a brief statement Sunday, "We thank him for his years of service and wish him well." Years uh, of service and wish him well. Yeah, it's very perfect. Hey, look, man. So they're not firing him. This is a forced retirement. Pretty much. Uh, But yeah, so the group reiterated that Public Enemy Radio, a Chuck D-led offshoot featuring DJ Lord, Jahi, and the S1Ws, would still perform at the free live stream Sanders rally gig at 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time at the Los Angeles Convention Center. Oh, I think I skipped this part. But uh, yeah, what happened is Flavor Flav sent a cease and desist letter. Uh, mm-hmm. His lawyer, Matt Friedman, accused the campaign of using the hype man's, quote, unauthorized likeness, image, and trademarked clock to promote the rally, even though Flavor Flav, quote, has not endorsed any political candidate. Now, look, you look at you look at the, the art that they put on this promotional material. And, OK, if you don't want to be a part of this and they're still kind of I should say kind of using your image, it's your image. It's not exactly you, but we all know what they're going for. That's fine, I guess. I don't know why you would care so much about it, especially considering that your, you know, politics is kind of public enemies jam they're called public enemy mm-hmm. but whatever um but then you don't have a trademark clock your clock is a clock you don't own the image of a clock 
You know, there was nothing. The thing that's special about your clock is that it's big and hanging around your neck, but it just looks like a damn clock. So don't say it's your signature clock. You know, the one with the 12 digits on it. That's me. <laughs> that's flavors. <laughs> well, hold on. So here's this is the part I wanted to get to that, too. So this is Chuck D uh, on Twitter. Uh, he said, my last straw was long ago. It's not about Bernie with Flav. He don't know the difference between Barry Sanders or Bernie Sanders. He don't know either. <laughs> Flav, oh, no. Flav refused to support Sankofa after Harry Belafonte inducted us. He don't do that. Uh, and then it says, and you know, as a note, Sankofa, a grassroots organization founded by Belafonte, aims to, as they note on their site, focus on issues of injustice that disproportionately affect the disenfranchised, the oppressed, and the underserved, which left unaddressed would continue to impact the lives of too many individuals. Uh, but then, yeah, so Chuck D said, if there was a money bag, Flav would have been there front and center. He will not do free benefit shows. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, I mean, that combined with the fact that, yeah, he's suing Bernie's campaign for using his likeness. Like, it, it does seem... <laughs> that apparently, apparently, on the cease and desist, there was um, a handwritten note from Flavor Flav that said, Bernie, don't do this. Yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> like, I don't know. We, you, you need to settle down, Flav. Yeah. I don't get... The whole thing is preposterous to me because, I, it, at first, look, no matter... No matter my opinion on it, Public Enemy was groundbreaking and revolutionary and changed the face of music forever. No one's taking that away. No one I'm saying they're bad. It's just at a certain point, you're just you realize, oh, this is happening because it's two stubborn old men mm -hmm. is what we're looking at here. And you just also Chuck D Chuck D's a name on his own, but he's still doing something that's not public enemy. That's called public enemy radio, which why? There are other words in the human language. You know what's stupid? But it's a it's you know what you know what I fucking hate. You thank you for life. Thank you for bringing this up because if I can get to a specific pet peeve of mine, it's when yeah. someone takes a, a a word or a name and then adds radio to the end of it and like makes that like what they're called is something radio and it's fucking nonsensical it's because it's one an it's outdated, outdated two it's not even on the radio. So what no. the what the fuck does that even mean, radio? It, it sounds like you're trying to be vintage and cool, but it's actually yeah. really lame to just you, stick on radio to the end of something. Sound like a bunch of assholes. <laughs> I think it's a waste of time. It, it's a waste of everyone's time. <laughs> but honestly, look, if you um uh like if you for instance, if you started another podcast and you <laughs> and you called it like um Hobo Trash Can Radio. Mm -hmm. I'd say, well, that's certainly within your rights, and it's it's different than what the name of our show is. But still, why is it so close? Like, if you're doing well, something that's not this, then don't call it something so close to sounding like this. Well, let me ask you this, because it, I could answer it, but it would just hurt you. So, uh, uh <laughs> what would be your trademarked <laughs> likeness that I would be using? Oh, I don't know, because all of my... All of my trademarks are already existing trademarks. <laughs> yeah, I feel like a salt and pepper beard and and thick glasses are not distinguishable enough in the yeah. podcast market. Um, you'd it'd be uh, like you, you when draw, it'd be well, like when Spike Lee sued Spike Television, and it'd be like, no, that's not. You can't claim that just using the word Spike. They'd be like, you can't just claim that a beard and glasses is your podcast trademark. Maybe if you like, if you had a flyer that was your face, 
And in the background was an image of a plaid shirt wrapped around a giant penis. I'd be like, well, clearly that's a nod to me. Because you're, I don't know how comfortable I am with that because I'm not part of this particular project. Because your face looks like a giant penis. How would a face look like a penis? (laughs) Unpack that joke for me. (laughs) How how does a face look like a penis? I mean, I would, I'd put back at you. Do you not own mirrors? Are are you a vampire? I don't like. I don't think I'm going to get the straight answer to this question. (laughs) I don't think a face can look like a penis. It's not a straight answer. It's a slightly askewed answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's skewed <laughs> to the left. It goes to the left. It goes to the left. Oh, man. Do you think I could just start a new podcast that would capture this magic? I don't know why you would want to do anything else. <laughs> oh, man. No, I... Re- do you think... Here's a real question for you, just to wrap this segment up. Do you think Flavor Flav has ever voted? Uh, That's... That's an interesting thing to think about because they were their mission statement for a long time. And me, like, I don't, I don't know I don't, if I'm being completely honest. I haven't listened to any new Public Enemy in some time, but it was definitely politically motivated. It was about well, this was way back in the uh, early to mid '80s where um, people of color were treated disproportionately horrible by police officers in the system in general. Mm-hmm. And so, glad we fixed you know what? that. Maybe he, maybe yeah, maybe they, since it's been fixed, yeah, they, he just doesn't want to. Be, he's like, yo, there's no problem anymore. So why am I still political? Yeah, no, that makes sense. <laughs> but it was interesting to think about. Like, um, like I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, like. <sighs> it's interesting to, for me to think. Think of like uh, Flavor Flav on the campaign trail with Dukakis. <laughs> you know, this is this is my guy. Well, here's my question. I mean, I, I, he's given no indication that he's ever going to bring back the Funky Bunch. I mean, he's got his restaurant business. He's got mm-hmm. his movies. But should Mark Wahlberg ever find himself needing a hype man? I do feel like this is a perfect marriage of uh, of the two because famous. Like one thing you will never have to worry about if you become Mark Wahlberg's hype man is ever doing an event that you don't get paid for that dude <laughs> that dude won't rest until everyone gets paid did you yeah. get paid did, are yeah. they paying they you? paying you yeah, bro. bro are they paying you bro so really that's what i'm that's my hope maybe they could trade it out maybe donnie could start uh doing public enemy radio events no nope. uh, it'll get him out of the house <laughs> vaccines are bad y'all <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it's uh, that w- that would be great. I would love to see that pairing because they both are very vocal about their very stupid opinions. <laughs> just like, just yeah. I don't, I don't want to endorse anyone for free. Okay, if I was on those planes, nine eleven wouldn't have happened. Oh, I mean, I can't refute that. I just don't know why you're saying it out loud. <laughs> yeah, I don't. What a weird statement. Also, I'll reshoot this movie, the scenes that Kevin Spacey are in, if you pay me hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. Hey, I'm still working, bro. <laughs> I'm still here working. It's my yeah. salary, bro. Yeah. Well, there you Gotta go. make that money, dude. <laughs> He's over the top. Uh, well, you very urgently brought to my attention that this is not the only uh, I- iconic... Um, rap group that has some big news. So, <laughs> look, okay, look, I'm still before before I say this, I want to tell you that 
I read about this. It popped up in my news feed. And also I actually heard a brief thing about it on NPR. So if this is a prank, we've all been pranked. Okay. <clears throat> wait, real quick. Was it, uh, was it, wait, wait, don't tell me. Or what, what? <laughs> I think it was, it was one of those. It was one of the fun shows. Okay. It wasn't like the top of the hour news break by any means. <laughs> Act one, Bone Thugs and Harmony. <laughs> so apparently, um, Buffalo Wild Wings hired Bone Thugs and Harmony to be the face of their boneless wings. <laughs> and in doing so, they, um, I think, got, I, I don't want to say, there was a room where some shit was going down and they just kept snowballing and like, it probably sounded like ridiculous jokes at first, but then they rolled with it. So they, they're going to be like, they're going to call, they're going to call themselves boneless thugs in harmony. Sure. Yeah. And you know, if you remember the, there were four members of bone thugs in harmony and they all had the name bone in their name. Of course. Yeah. Busy bone, lazy bone. That's going to all be changed to boneless. I think Lazy's a holdout. I think, I don't think lazy bone's going to change his name, but the rest of them oh. are like busy boneless and, they're going to re rework a, a couple of their more famous tunes so that they're, they're talking about chicken wings. Do you, you don't have any examples of that? Do you No, sir? No, I think I heard one and said, Hmm, I'm not, I'm not taking up space in my hard drive with that. I'm, I'm no. getting rid of that information immediately. <laughs> I'm just, all I'm running through is how do you change crossroads? Do you like that's the first one they changed? I mean, what, what, I think it was seriously like it was like, tell me what you're gonna do if you find yourself running out of chicken or something like that. Like, it wasn't, it was a straight up one to one. This wasn't a, like a clever, like, um, sort of like Weird Al parody when, where you you say, oh, you kind of he there was an easy joke there, but he made it a little more complicated for myself, and I respect that. They were straight up just. We'll just take out that one word and then add the word chicken. I mean, it's really hard because that song starts by saying the word bone like 50 times. Mm -hmm. I think it's like bone, 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 boneless, boneless. <laughs> but straight up, I like, I'm not. If, like, seriously, this is, these are the things that I read and were told to me on the news. If, if, the, if they concocted this whole thing just to see what people would believe, then good on you. But I kind of hope it's true. <laughs> also, um, um, it's, it's no, never mind. I'm gonna skip that point. I also while I'm while I'm trying to mix up the the scene here, you know, in in the entertainment world, I, that is a great idea that you had of just like, why not call Weird Al? He would have done it. He would have done it. Yeah, yeah. He would have written like parody songs involved. I mean, first of all, parody songs in general, obviously, you call Weird Al, but then you specifically need ones about food. Yeah, you need, parody, you need parody songs of 90s tunes for food. Honestly, what are you doing? Could you not afford him? Honestly, I'm surprised his lawyers didn't send a cease and desist. That feels like a cease and desist of like, yeah, you actually didn't do this, but come on, you're in my lane. Like, they're going to think I wrote this. Like, you know that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. By the way. This is still a cease and desist, but I did write a couple songs that were Bone Thug songs, and here you go, and you can use them. But still, they're actually, I found these in an old journal. From old journal? Yeah. I re, it was a journal called Low Hanging Fruit. Yeah. 
I just, you could just, you could have had him. He just, <laughs> all you had to do was call. I just don't, yeah, this is another one of those stories where I, I think, why? All, all of you people could have just done nothing and everything would have been fine. Mm-hmm. But someone came up with this and then I think they made a bet with themselves saying, I can't pull this off. I bet I can't pull this off. For some reason, too, this is all just reminding me because in my head, I get curious about someone had to reach out to Bone Thugs and Harmony and pitch this like someone from Buffalo Wild Wings who like uh, I I don't want to speculate too much, but was obviously high. Uh, like uh-huh. came up at the meeting, you know, at the, <laughs> the board, you know what? There was the a board meeting. Uh, pardon me. This is so rude, but I just, oh. wanna, I think I broke, I actually did write down a quote or maybe I can find it. Hold on. Because lazy bone, he, he would not change his name. And when they asked him why it was a good quote, let me see if I can find, <laughs> find it real quick. But uh, so what I was saying, why you look for that though, uh, is, that like I because I love the idea, so they came up with it and then they had to like reach out to Bone Thugs and Harmony, which that's the funniest part to me is like how does that <laughs> call even go? How does that pitch go? And it just reminds me of uh and yeah, I, this is a shameless plug for previous things that we've done on this podcast, but uh the interview with uh Dan Harmon and Justin Royland when they were talking about getting permission to use X, go and give it to you that apparently it's really hard to track down DMX to get permission to use. His Is it music. really? Yeah. He's like off the grid. Like you just have to, he's, he's apparently like Bill Murray these days. Like you have to really, uh, try hard to find, uh, DMX to get permission. So uh, ironically, he's not going to give it to you without a lot of effort. <laughs> Okay, okay. All right, okay. Yeah, yeah. It get man, I'm just trying to find this quote, but all the information on this sounds like a fucking joke. Okay. <clears throat> this is from um Jam and Night 83. Uh Okay. If you think that sounds like a silly Super Bowl commercial gimmick, you're not far off. They're doing it as part of an ad campaign with Buffalo Wild Wings. There's merchandise including t-shirts and a quote Golden boneless chicken chain. <laughs> There's even a behind the music style video detailing the artificial drama around the name change with lazy bone refusing to go along. <laughs> Is it possible that he's refusing to go along because he'd have to get his name changed? And as documented, he's lazy. He's late. I'm not into, I don't want to do any more stuff. I've been telling you yeah. guys for years. Because they're like the Smurfs, right? Is that does that does my memory serve me? Whatever their name is, that's like their defining characteristic, right? Right, 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 right. And they use it. They use it as like nouns and verbs and and all that. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> oh man, you know. So it's a, it's all it's a whole thing, and you know, I have respect for that because you know it's it's like. I don't, it's been so long since Bone Thumbs and Harmony were on anyone's like radar for real that, you know what, have, have some fun in your damn life. You know, don't take yourself too seriously. You had some serious song. Crossroads was a very emotional tune. Yeah. And you should be taken as serious artists, but you don't have to take yourself so seriously. I'm just, I want like other, I want other groups to get in on this, this money train. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know why this is what came to mind, but maybe if there's like some kind of like ghost pepper sauce that someone wants to de- debut at their fast chain the fujis could get in with like killing me softly with this sauce is that something 
They could. I was thinking of Ghostface Killer. That's good too. That's not. Yeah, that, yeah. That that's not a bad one. I don't know why, but when you said it, it's weird because I don't. I don't like Dunkin' Donuts, but I would. I'd be into Tenacious Dunkin' Donuts. Tenacious Dunkin' Donuts isn't bad. Like, yeah. uh, you know, maybe if like TGI Fridays does one of their like, you know, how they do those like pick three, uh, you know, appetizers kind of deals. Mm. Like, uh, a- apps rule everything around me. <laughs> <laughs> And it, you know, however many dollar dollar bills, y'all, that they oh, come they on, charts. ten dollar dollar <laughs> bills, y'all. I, I I don't I don't know if I can fuck with you on that. Yeah. Uh. Oh, well. Okay. That was. You know, we gotta. So, at, so take your um take your uh artist uh food chain crossover ideas to at free mr clark on mm-hmm. twitter.com we'd, we'd be excited to to see that yeah don't take him to lars because he won't do it if if there's no uh if there was a money bag involved he'd he, he'd respond to him oh yeah no i only sell out yeah That's well documented <laughs> uh well there's a there's no seamless way to transition to this but uh i did i felt like it would be weird not to address the fact we we should take a moment to to honor uh james lipton i don't know if you saw that he passed away oh did he really yeah which insanely how okay let me ask you this so you didn't see the story how old do you think james lipton was he's he's one of those guys who has seemed uh, like an elderly man dying his hair for the last 40 years. Yeah. So it's hard for me to really, if I, if I was pressed, I'd say he, he's been old for a long time. I'm mm-hmm. going to say, but also you seem surprised. So, but you know what? If I'm being honest, I would guess 87, 93. Get the fuck out That's of what here. I said. I said that was the first thing I saw. It was like James Lipton dead at 93. I was like, what? Like that is insane to me. I would have Jesus. maybe even gone seventies, honestly. Like, yeah, no, I, I was with you. I'm, it was just I remember him being around for so long. Yeah, and he wasn't a young man then. He had to be up there. Good lord, maybe that just for men does make a difference. It, does, it really does. I mean, yeah, that's funny too because like in our lifetimes, I don't think we ever saw that man without like just for men die. You know no, what I mean? Definitely, like, definitely. He should have been gray from day one. <laughs> uh but uh but yeah james lipton uh which i know you know i i mean i haven't i don't even know what that show is in in these days of streaming i don't know if you can watch it anywhere but like you know back when i had cable and watched cable i i would if i was flipping through that was always a one of my go-tos i would watch a lot of inside yeah yeah, it didn't even it didn't even matter who was sitting there it was always it was always a a decent conversation. Yeah. He was good at that. Uh, I think, I don't know if you, like, I was trying to think about this today and obviously I'm putting you on the spot, uh, but I had a little bit more time. I was trying to think of what my favorite one was. And I honestly, I think the one he did with the cast of the Simpsons. That has to be the one. I think that's everyone's favorite. Yeah. You've never, they've never all been in a room together talking about the show. And also, like, just like doesn't happen because Julie, you can't get Julie Kavner to show up the shit because yeah. she's busy wanting to live her life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you go get it. You go get it. Julie. And and Nancy Cartwright is busy being the like Scientology's yeah, largest yeah. donor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, but uh, also like just the fact that you know Hank Azaria lives in New York. Like they don't even all live. Right. But uh, but no, I love because Lipton. Uh, I hope everyone's familiar. I mean, we're not setting the stage well, but I assume everyone knows who James Lipton is. But yeah, he did Inside the Actors Studio. But I love him because he had like serious like Fraser Crane 
energy. Like everything was like overly dramatic and serious. And like I, whenever I think of that interview, I just like always imagine him going like, "Hank Azaria is Chief Wiggum here. Can I, can I speak to him?" <laughs> like mm-hmm. this is very like like just watching Hank Azaria, who I don't think has a process. <laughs> Like, like no, be no, asked I don't to think, find because they characters. don't really need to. Like, you, yeah. it's a yeah. To, I mean, we, there's nothing that you and Which I you, could say about The Simpsons right now that hasn't already been said because yeah. it's like it's more than a cultural phenomenon. It's just a part of Earth's culture now. Yeah, I also you know now that I have Disney Plus, I was watching The Simpsons right before we recorded this. I watched yeah. The Simpsons yeah. every day, the same episodes a million times. It's fucking yeah, straight up, great. straight up, yeah. Uh, the, yeah, there, there's one that comes on that I haven't seen in ten years, and I know every beat. Because you couldn't stop us from watching that, but you're right. It's ridiculous. It's it's interesting to hear like their sort of process. It's interesting to see them interact. But yeah, you're right. It would just be Lipton being super serious to sand <laughs> up, like set up Castellanata just to say dough. Yeah, you know, it'd be like how'd, Homer. How does it feel? When Marge expresses to you <laughs> this emotional boundary that you've set for, and he just says, you're just setting him up to say yeah. dough. That's is, all anyone wants, and that's awesome. You ridiculous man. Which is great, too, because Castellaneta, like, uh, also kind of famously, is very shy from all indications. Like, he really doesn't like doing press and, like, actually being out of character. So he's, like, way more comfortable doing that stuff than, you know, being himself. You never hear interviews with him. Uh, also, I just no. I don't know. I don't know. Actually, know what Castellanata's actual voice sounds like because even when he when you see him in movies playing a straight character, even like a tertiary character, he, when he talks, he sounds like his like his character on The Simpsons, like the the regular everyman on The Simpsons, which I don't think is his regular speaking. Probably voice. not. No, like he probably has a, a bit of a Kaiser Soze thing going on though. Like yeah. when he's not on the like you never actually recognize him because we've never heard his voice. You've never heard his voice. It's crazy. Uh, but no, that was that one was wonderful. I also am incredibly fond of when he asked Natalie Portman uh, for her favorite swear word. And uh, it was uh, in um, um, it wasn't in Israeli. It was uh, but she said they used it. Uh, but it was uh, whatever it was. It was your mother's vagina. Your mother's vagina, but it was in it was in Hebrew. You say it wasn't in Hebrew. That's what I'm trying to remember. It was in okay. Yiddish. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know what it is from, but that is funny. Your mother's vagina. That's yeah. Arabic. That's the one I was. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, because it's, like, it's not Hebrew, <laughs> but it's like, but yeah, in Arabic, like, but they use it, you know. Uh, okay. Okay. But yeah, your mother's vagina. It was also funny when he asked her. Um, uh, you shaved your head for a V for Vendetta. Did you also <laughs> shave your V for vagina? I think you might be getting her confused, uh, getting him confused with Zach Galifianakis. Zach, wait, no. No, it's James, Lip- James Lipton during that interview with Natalie Portland po- pointed at that little dog's crotch and said, my dick is bigger than that. That was James Lipton. That right? one was James Lipton. Yeah. That was James Lipton. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was James and Lipton. then if you remember, it was really weird because like in the middle of the interview with James Lipton, she just started rapping. And then he started rapping she the did, questions. And then, he threw, he, and then she threw a chair at Chris Parnell, and I don't even know why he was there. It was weird. So yeah. You're right. I forgot about that. I misspoke. I didn't misspeak on the yeah. first part. I misspoke on that one. But the but yeah, first he, part he, was he Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, for sure. The, and the ones... I loved it when they had people on that would give it back and say nothing. And like... um. 
Sean Penn did it and De Niro did it. These are guys who don't, as far as I can tell, like um, talking to people mm-hmm. or even being themselves very much of the time. Yeah. Um, well, Sean Penn just do stuff. There's, you know. Yeah, he, he, does, he does do stuff. And so, <laughs> yeah. like, he... During those interviews, he he would I don't know they would give it right back to him this over the top yeah. seriousness over some shit that doesn't really matter and he would yeah. just it was like a collaboration in um in in being over the top douchebags but I loved it well Lipton <laughs> fascinatingly great. Lipton seemed aware that he was a parody of himself like yeah, absolutely he seemed absolutely. completely comfortable. Like, He's like, I'll just be pretentious. That's yeah. funny, right? Yeah, I think yeah. I'm just going to do that. No, because he clearly had a good sense of humor in like the questions mm. that he asked. And he knew that what he was doing was kind of ridiculous. And like he was always willing to either play himself or like any other ridiculous. Like he was a fucking warden in Arrested Development, which was That's a great right. bit. Like That was good. Yeah, no, Lipton does not seem like he took himself seriously. And in fact, didn't uh, it was Will Ferrell did an impression of him on SNL too, right? Yeah, like, but it was yeah. yeah, it was one of those Will Ferrell impressions where it was pretty pretty bare bones. Yeah, but just like I'm going to act ridiculous because that's what this band does. But it was funny. It was yeah. funny. But uh, yeah, I I remember him finding that <clears throat> funny. Like, but yeah, good good dude. Uh, yeah, I, I liked that show. I liked the James Lipton. It was good stuff. Uh, when you look when you look at um the the people he had on inside the actor studio i mean there it was everyone it was fucking everyone there was jack lemon it's the only interview with jack lemon i've ever heard in my life yeah and it's cool because it's like now obviously we live in a pretty great world where uh you know celebrities all have podcasts and they all are friends with each other and they all like do long form interviews on each other's show or you just have Marin who has actually mm. interviewed everyone in Hollywood. He's I don't know if anyone's listened to Marin lately. He's circling back around. He's just doing them all again because he's literally doing them all again. He literally interviewed everyone. So he's out of people. Good so he's just Lord. starting back at the beginning and then he's just going to cycle through everybody again. Uh, Good. Wow. If he's if he gets if he gets Robin Williams back on that show, <laughs> I will listen to it. I would listen to that, too. I listen to a heartbeat, but you, but you know what I mean? Like, it, like we now are kind of spoiled for long form celebrity interviews for sure. But like, to, at least for me, Lipton was the first, like that was the first time I ever really heard people do those kind of interviews with actors. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That weren't just a, like a five minute. You find out that someone's a person. Yeah. That weren't just like five minute. Talk about your movie interviews that were like real, like, you know, right. right, right. Or yeah. Or I have like one, one interesting kind of funny story. I told you backstage or now they don't even do that anymore. It's like, I have this great person on my show. I'm going to play ping pong. Yeah. I, <laughs> the state of, like, it's so funny because again, podcasts like are, you know, this world where that's what happens routinely. They're all an hour long and they go really in depth. But yeah, like late night television now really is just like, let's sing in a car or like, let's do a bit. It's so stupid. That's so stupid. Look, look, Paul McCartney has been around for a long time and I'm sure it's awesome to ride around with a car in a car with Paul McCartney and have him sing Beatles tunes. But do you, do you realize now that once you get that man talking, he says whatever the fuck he wants to say and no yeah. one stops him? Tell stories about jerking off with his friends and stuff. And you say, yeah. let's go for a ride in a car and, and we'll, we'll, we'll have you sing one quarter of a few Beatles tunes. Yeah. Like, no, he is clearly at a point where like, I think he's, maybe he's tired of doing the bits and he's like, I'll tell you about all the times we jerked off together. Like, I just, yeah. We'll do that. Yeah. But no, Paul, we want to see the late night talk shows aren't, we don't talk to people anymore. 
you don't talk to people anymore. We have like uh, we have lip sync battles, and then we'll play some cards, um, put on a funny costume, maybe a medley of some songs we like. <laughs> I'll never forget because it was straight up hilarious. Uh, the like I watched the very first episode of Jimmy Fallon's Tonight Show, and De Niro was on it, and he looked so angry the whole time, and it made me yeah, so that happy. Man, that man does not like to be interviewed. <laughs> well, he doesn't Especially like to be interviewed. By yeah, that guy. Right, he doesn't like to be interviewed in general. And then like it was all just like Fallon trying to do like fun bits, and you know, <laughs> sitting next to a really famous person—that's what he does best. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I sent you this is off the air, but yeah, I hope you enjoyed uh, the interview where Harrison Ford was recently asked about Han Solo being a force ghost and said he does not give a fuck. (laughs) He doesn't give a fuck. I don't know what that is. Yeah, I think at some point I think literally at some point he told the person, please stop talking to me about that. I don't know what it is. (laughs) It never gets old listening to him <laughs> not know anything about Star Wars because it's so sincere. Also, have you seen the like the weird course correcting they're continuing to try to do with that last movie that we've already talked way too much about? But they're apparently they're just like dropping extended universe novelizations now that are just serving as like patches and like like if it was no, like a busted make, video make, game you know what if that's what your intention was you would have made that movie but you just yeah. realize how bad you fucked up no because i did you see i'm serious there's a the one that came out this week was that apparently there's a new novel or something that's coming out that's saying that that palpatine was a clone fuck me <laughs> <laughs> yeah, clones always work out so well for you I also, I mean, I can't, I wish I could take credit for this joke, but I loved, like, someone was reacting to it on Twitter and was just, like, doing a whole, like, so, uh, yeah, we're gonna bring back, uh, Palpatine, what should we do? Like, idealized version of his body, like, him with some abs, like, him at 20? No, like, let's bring back the, no, the thing. like, the old man that's been, like, electrocuted uh-huh. and is a hideous monster. <laughs> That was, that's, that's definitely what we should do. It's so dumb. But, you know, clones, it's a stupid, lazy, bullshit, like, telenovela explanation. But also, it's still better than the one that was given in the movie, which is uh, when uh, Kylo Ren showed up and he was like, how did you come back? And then Palpatine looked him in the eyes and said, fuck you, which I yeah. thought was weird. But, like, um, I came back because your mom gave me a ride. Yeah. <laughs> Bitch. Which actually, I guess, is kind of what he said to Ray. Because <laughs> remember, oh boy, that's we I haven't guess. fixed that. No, we're good. We haven't fixed that. <laughs> that Palpatine <laughs> fucks. That. It's so stupid. <laughs> Palpatine fucks now. Yep, Palpatine fucks. Yeah, that's canon, baby. <laughs> oh man, oh his his gray wrinkly ass on top of you. Good power. <laughs> if, uh, Oh man! Uh, <laughs> why? Why are you stopping? I'm complete. <laughs> Your journey to my balls is complete. <laughs> You're my balls. Wrong <laughs> with you? Is that what he would say? I'm just. I'm really trying to get into. The- Put a finger in the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> That's gross. Yeah, that that was too far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, well, 
I do you want to do you want to hear about the reality show that Molly and I have been watching on Netflix? I mean, it's sweeping the nation. Yep. So it's it's. I called, don't tend to like these. So I don't either, and I have to say, I begrudgingly got really sucked into the show. I didn't want to like it. <clears throat> I had a lot of notes early on. I felt like they could have done more with the concept, but uh, it's a show called Love Is Blind. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what they did is they got a bunch of dudes and a bunch of women and they were separated, you know, so they couldn't see each other. And then they would go into what they were calling pods, which was like a room where like basically the room was like split in half so that they're staring at a blank wall, but they can hear each other and okay. they, they emotionally connected first. Okay. And then once they felt like they had a connection, they then proposed to each other, you know, like Wait, one of them proposed, proposed to the other one. What? Marriage. The fuck? So they, yeah, they got like an emotional connection by talking and then. Well, for how long? uh, uh, Days? You know, a few days for sure. All right. Okay. Now, how do they initially match the people up? Well, they all talk to each other. So everybody is interacting. Oh, every, everyone's talking to everybody. So they all go on dates with each other. Like early on, you just, you basically, it's almost like speed dating, but you can't see the person. Each one, like they take turns going into the different rooms and they talk. And then once you start having a connection, then you can like request to talk to that person more. Exclusively. Okay. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. But the goal is to get people to propose marriage to one another. Yeah. And people got married because then, so what happens is they propose marriage and then they follow them afterwards. And then in a month, they're going to get married. And like the show at pays what for point, it. at what point do they lay eyes on one another? When so they have to propose, and the other person has to say yes, and then they can see each other. Hmm. Now, now, uh, uh, it, it wasn't too long ago we had a a really, for my money, a weird discussion <laughs> about um, traditionally pleasing aesthetics when it came to the way human beings look. Mm-hmm. And I won't recount all of that, but would you say all these people are traditionally good looking? That was so. That's one of my notes for sure. Uh-huh. Is like there should have been like way more weird looking people. Like that. <laughs> like they were too. Like you know they had. So one guy who actually was like turned out to be him. So there's a guy named Cameron and a girl named Lauren, and they they really were probably the heart of the show they were the sweetest couple but his whole thing was like well he's a scientist you know so he's a nerdy scientist but he also had like six-pack abs and like yeah the lauren described him as a disney prince the first time the she hell? saw him. so he was the nerd well then what's the point of the posits they're all good they all know they're good looking anyways well so who gives a shit well right? so so these are the Is two there things one, there's like one dude that looks like me isn't it <laughs> Uh, no, well, the, the, they the, call the, him the mine. No, the two things they did is that so with this couple, uh, they were actually uh, an interracial couple. So that uh-huh. was like one of the things they were going for is like you didn't know the person's race. Oh, uh, and they okay. ended up together. Okay. The other one was just there was age disparities, but it was still like so on one of the couples was a 24 year old ended up with a 34 year old. Gross. <laughs> that is not a disparity. Yeah, well, I mean, 10 years is too much. <laughs> uh, but also, um, that uh, the the woman that was 34, was uh, she was a lot. <laughs> mm. 
she she basically got engaged to one guy while being obs- like re- regretting not ending up with a different guy that ended up with a different girl and then proceeded to get see, drunk this and is call the, this scenes. is what i'm talking about yeah this is what i'm talking about some of the my sister does this too and i'll hear some of the most intelligent people i know who i've known to be reasonable my whole life they start talking about reality shows and they all start sounding like like dinguses. It's like stupid drivel of this talk about well, she's a lot. And then there was this guy, but then there was this other guy. I'm like, look at look at what it's doing to you. Look at what this intake of culture is doing to you. It's okay. turning into a mindless horseshit zombie. Okay. You could do that with anything though. So what's something I w I I don't want to necessarily make it Star Wars, but pick something that you're super into. Okay. Star Wars. Okay. Now talk to me about something that you love about Star Wars. Well, now here's the thing. When you talk look, first of all, I'm not really attacking you. I don't give a shit. It's fine. But also, like when you start talking about fiction, then you you talk about writing and character development and kind of like story building and maybe the problems you have within there or even just like talking about like I don't know, cool ships and guns and crap like that, which is cool as well. But then you start talking about the reality shows, and it's just people just firing off random crap. Watch, I'm going to watch this show. No, but hold on. Sorry. Please, I mean this sincerely. Describe to me the opening scene of Return of the Jedi. What happens? The opening scene? Yeah, well, the beginning part. The first, like, say, like, the first 20 minutes of of Return of the Jedi. Or Empire Um, Strikes Back. You know what? Do Empire Strikes Back. It's fine. Is that one easier? Uh, no, Empire is more difficult because okay. they're building like three stories at the same time. But Jedi, Jedi is when I would they, do a New Hope, but it would just be like Luke whines. He whines. <laughs> they send um, uh, the two droids are sent to Jabba's palace to um, to collect Han Solo, who's been encased in carbonite and being kept as a prize. Um, unbeknownst to one of the droids, they're actually setting a trap wherein, um, wherein Luke can come in and give, um, give Jabba the Hutt a chance to, to, to give, give Solo back peacefully in exchange for some money, but also have a contingency plan to, uh, to destroy him. Also, they need their whole team there. So Leia goes in, in, in disguise with Chewbacca, who's at, who's being um, uh, being a prisoner, but now they have consolidated every everyone into one room because Lando is there undercover. Which I don't know why that is. Is he getting a salary? He's obviously a guard. It's weird. Okay, I see what you mean now. Yeah, yeah right. See, yeah, everything sounds truth. ridiculous if you have it to does, explain it. Does it does sound stupid. You're yeah. right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I misspoke. Yeah. I apologize. <laughs> Glad we could clear that. So yeah. So love is blind. Uh, is on. Honestly, too, like the besides getting really sucked into the the drama for sure. I'm also interested because it seems like Netflix is trying to uh, walk back their whole releasing everything at once because they released this in uh, segments where they mm-hmm. released like some of the episodes and then like a few weeks later yeah. they released more. They do they do that with the reality stuff, more yeah. specifically like the game show style reality stuff. They do that with Bake Off as well. I think I think that's probably a good idea. Yeah, but it's I'm I'm just curious like I guess they can do it, but it's I and to be clear, I think they should have done this all along. But like mm-hmm. it's just funny to me that like 
they they got so used to just dumping everything, which I do think is a mistake because you can see like with Disney Plus, who like Disney was like, I'm not pulling that shit. Like you get one episode a week, and like we spent months talking about Baby Yoda versus like every Netflix thing. It's like one weekend. The flash in the pan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, So you're you're absolutely right. So like, and I do see that there's been a little bit more love is blind. Like what ended up happening with this show too, because like then the weird thing is the ones that got married, uh, they had to like apparently the show was filmed in 2018, and so they've had to like, you know, they must have signed contracts sitting on it. Yeah, and so the people must have like signed contracts where they had to like hide this, but like so people were going full like internet detective like stalking people's Instagram pages to be like, well, if you look. Like he was in Mexico at the same time she was in Mexico. So because they were trying to because not all the couples ended up together. You know, some of them like called the weddings off and stuff. But but so people were really trying to figure out like what? Yeah. But people were trying to figure out like which people did get married and which ones didn't. Also, hilariously, the show was hosted by Nick and Vanessa Lachey, who showed up for 10 minutes for no reason. And if they hadn't been there. Uh, this was, to be fair, this is how I feel about Nick Lachey in all situations. But had he not okay. been there, uh, it wouldn't have changed anything. Yeah. He yeah, also, I'm dead serious, said, obviously, I'm Nick Lachey <laughs> as a way to introduce him, himself. That's gross. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. So. But apparently he and Vanessa also met in pods. I didn't know that until they said it on the show. Is but that the truth? No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that, actually. They're the type of person that they uh, you don't want to show them what each other look like. Yeah. It's going to be a crazy reveal when you say the other person is also beautiful. Well, I think it wasn't even beautiful. It was the other person is Nick Lachey. It was like you fell oh. in love with Nick Lachey. Just think about that. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but there you go so that was that was my plug for that but for real don't watch that watch better call Saul because that show's so fucking good and that's what everyone should be watching I love that show so much it's so good I'm rewatching Breaking Bad I'm actually about once we get done with this I'm gonna go try to finish uh, the last season that just came out yeah I it's so so damn good I think it's I'm not gonna say it's better than Breaking Bad I like it better than Breaking Bad it's better than Breaking Bad you think so? I yeah. I can't I, tell. I kind of felt that way anyway. But you know what it is like. I I'll say it is for this reason because I obviously I like Breaking Bad, but I'm rewatching it right now and I'm a, I'm almost done with season two of Breaking Bad. And while the first two seasons are highly enjoyable and there's a lot of great stuff in them, it took them until season three to like world build enough to really make Breaking Bad interesting. You know, mm-hmm. like because really they needed Gus Fring. They needed. Like, it felt a little thin, the first two seasons. Yeah. They needed uh, Gus, they needed Saul, they needed Mike. Honestly, they needed yeah. all the characters that are in this show. But that's what I'm saying. So, like, <laughs> the advantage that Better Call Saul has is that it had all those characters. I still think it took Better Call Saul a season to find their footing. Because the first season, like... Also, what I'm maybe realizing is Tuco was the worst thing to happen to both shows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, straight up. Yeah, he's crazy. He's crazy. But He just um, doesn't work super well, but... But yeah, like I, I really the like to me because it's also I think like there's way too much. Walt is like science Batman, like in the early seasons mm-hmm. of Breaking. They were really leaning into that hard in Breaking Bad, and like I think losing 
a lot of the more ridiculous. Like they still have Mike and they have you know Gus, and so they're able to do the that kind of stuff. But I think that the the heart of the show really is just like Jimmy, and uh, that it's less less of the like you know bigger. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like big set piece, like crazy action stuff. They they can't go to that well too often in this version of this world. Mike's too careful. Uh, also, no one can die because all these characters have to survive. <laughs> but like they have to survive, yeah. So the stakes are a little lower. But because of that, I feel like they really just lean into the relationships, which I always think was the best thing they ever did on any of these shows. And like the it, relationships it really are was, amazing. Because like Bre- Breaking Bad was, I mean, I don't. They even forgot for a minute that when they went back to Walt's cancer, <clears throat> it was really good because you forget sometimes that he's also dealing with that. And that's why this whole thing started, because after a, just a couple minutes, um, it's make meth, sell meth, smell, sell meth, don't get caught and don't let someone murder you. Yeah, <laughs> that's and that became that was his whole motivation. And then every once in a while, he'd go into the doctor, he'd go in for his chemo treatment or something and say, that's right. This son of a bitch is dying of cancer, too, this whole time. Yeah. Because that was such a focus. But you're right. When it came to how how he started to feel towards um his, his uh, towards Jesse and his other partners and then, like, um Skyler and <laughs> Skyler's sister is whatever. Marie. Yeah. What are you doing? Okay. She steals stuff. There's this nerdy ass white dude somewhere making meth and we're not watching that. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's Marie, yeah, like she doesn't quite ever yeah, like it's they on a different show she'd be a fa- up, you know? She'd be a fascinating character on a show, yeah, where everything else is lower stakes. But I think like like you can I and that's part of the problem too, because you're already doing the thing that is a pet peeve of mine, but you're good enough at doing it of like the criminal is actually has some sort of personal connection to a law enforcement agent, which is like mm-hmm. way too overdone anyway. But yeah. like you do it really well and it makes sense with him and Hank and you you explore it really well. But it's like, but then also the law enforcement's wife, you know, like is also stealing. It's like that's too many people in his life like doing the crimes yeah, yeah, yeah. under his nose. Like chronically breaking the law. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, combine that with the fact that like Skyler's committing all the like, you, like she's helping Ted Beneke, you know, commit all his like, you know, mm-hmm. his cooking the books, like pretty much. Oh, every- yeah, that's right. Jesus, I forgot about that. Yeah, everyone in Hank's life is a criminal. <laughs> Fuck me. Yeah. So, but Hank is great. He he's a perfectly written character. Like he really. Yeah, it's a good character. That's yeah, a good character. Yeah, it was great the w- when he went through his um, paralyzation and kind of him dealing with that. I thought that was very realistic. I don't know. I don't know why we're saying a show that everyone agrees is good is a good show. Yeah, like, I liked it. Like I, ten years after it came out, I thought it was good. I don't know why people weren't talking about it more. <laughs> you know that show that won all the Emmys instead of The Wire. I really just oh, think it should yeah. get its due. You know, right? Well. <laughs> I think I slept on Better Call Saul for a long time, even when you were telling me it was good and everyone agreed it was good and it was nominated every year. And I like everyone who's who's in it. I knew that. And I slept on it because I don't know. And I don't know why. But I think that's the, the situation with a lot of people is they're kind of like, it's not breaking bad. But yeah. Give it a shot if you have it. I didn't know. It's so good. And I mean, Bob Odenkirk, who I've been a fan of forever, who's brilliant in everything he does. And also go watch Mr. Show while you're just watching things. Yeah, do that. Uh, it's so good. And, that, and with and with Bob and Bob and David. It's just a, yeah. a few episodes, but it's fucking hysterical. Yeah, which has one of the funniest sketches I've seen in a long yeah. time. Uh, but, uh, but no, watch that. But also, it's funny, too, because the last thing I'll say about it is... 
we're getting close now because I think there's there's this season and then there's one more season of Better Call Saul. And for a long time, like the show, like really slow played him becoming Saul Goodman because he's Jimmy McGill. Mm-hmm. And uh, it kind of is now at a point where he's calling himself Saul Goodman. And I, in my head, I was kind of like, oh, like, like, oh, he's pretty much Saul now. So the rest. And then I now that I'm rewatching Breaking Bad, I watched the first episode with Saul in it. And I was like, oh, like there actually is a pretty significant gulf still between <laughs> like mm-hmm. like they put so much heart and make Jimmy so nuanced that for him to truly get to be at the level of Saul that we see in Breaking uh-huh, Bad. Uh-huh. He's still yeah, some shit has to go down in his life for him to make that turn. <laughs> yeah. So it's really interesting. <laughs> but uh, yep. anyway, yeah, watch that stuff. It's good. Content, you guys. Yeah. And remember, question everything. Boy. Tell me what you gonna do when there ain't nowhere to run when judgment comes for you. What you gonna do when there ain't nowhere to hide? Cause it's gonna come. Let's solve it. Oh, Wally, he's easy, he's Uncle Charlie. Little boo guy, it's got him. And I'm gonna miss everybody. Got him. Road blows my gauge. I looked at him while he lay while playing with destiny. Played three for me to say. Little lazy came to me. God bless you, walking on plan to heaven For the little huddle 24-7 days Got a sweet praise, all the, the devils all love in my face But he keeps me safe and in my place They grace the gates of race, but I change the face of judge Then it gets my soul won't budge Grudge because in the midst of a thoughts Ooh, what can I do? Talk about a family and how we roll Can I get a witness, let no fool Living our lives with ten lost souls Ayo, ayo And we pray and we pray and we pray and we pray Every day, every day, every day, every day. Still we lay, still we lay, still we lay, still we lay. Follow me, roll, stroll. We're there at the at seven. Come, let's take a visit all the people that's long gone there. Best while he hits at every boo. And sticking up with their family. Exactly how many days it got lasting. We are laughing, we passing, passing the way. Got a rest, oh, so close. I know I'm gonna meet you up at the crossroads. Y'all know you've ever got a little from both like spare little lazy's long gone. Really wish could come home But when some of the dog gonna go bye-bye Oh, little look do is cry, cry When they kill my dog and man I miss my Uncle Charles, y'all He shouldn't be gone in front of his home Where the dead taboo was wrong Oh, so wrong Gotta go on, gotta stay strong Where the day comes, better believe Bone go so you can lean on And we pray and we pray and we pray and we pray Every day, every day, every day, every day. Still we lie, still we lie, still we lie, still we lie. I see you at the cross, so you won't be lonely. I see you at the cross, so you won't be lonely. I see you at the cross, so you won't be lonely. I see you at the crossroads. I'm gonna miss everybody, I'm gonna miss everybody. I'm gonna miss everybody. Everybody, I'm gonna miss everybody. I'm gonna miss everybody. Living in a hateful world, that's how we roll. Living in a hateful world, that's how we roll. Living in a hateful world, that's how we roll. And I ask the good Lord why he sigh. 
What's up with the meteorosine? My little cousin was some somebody really fun. Give it, but I want to test her stuff. The misleasy said I'll be easy to throw. You know what we sending and crazy and turning and hanging and when it ends, gonna come again, again and again. And tell me what you gonna do. Somebody, anybody tell me why? Can somebody, anybody tell me why we die, we die? See you at the crowd, so think you won't be lonely. I see you at the crowd, so think you won't be lonely. I see you at the crowd, so think you won't be lonely. I see you at the crowd, so think you won't be lonely. I see you at the crowd, so think you won't be lonely. I see you at the crowd, so think you won't be lonely. I see you at the crowd, so think you won't be lonely. I see you at the crossroads. Hobo Radio is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on iTunes. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. We have to ask. It's a podcast where we answer the question, are you going to eat that? What will you leave behind? Why get out of bed? Will you be our neighbor? I'm Marty. And I'm Jonathan. We're two hosts. Infinite Universes. We, we have, have to, to ask. New interviews every Tuesday. Find us on iTunes or online at wehavetoask.com or with the other great podcasts on the Peak Sloth Network at peaksloth.com. <laughs> <laughs>